Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. What's up, everybody? Welcome. It is the Wednesday edition of Let's Talk Sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. And, yep, within the last hour or so, what was dropped uh, via some of the different news outlets and social media platforms... A Shager bomb. That's right. Braden Shager, it has been learned, uh, is entering the transfer portal and what that is going to mean for University of Hawaii football. If it is a guarantee that that will likely parlay into his full-blown departure from the program remains to be seen. Uh, but it is right now uh, the talk of the town, the biggest story, certainly, uh, as it is breaking here today in Hawaii sports. And to help me talk about that, as well as some other issues, guy who has, I believe, a dual residency uh, between Hawaii and probably the western region of the continental United States. That's right. Uh, he is my buddy from the Honolulu Star Advertiser. Joining me from Seattle, Washington, Billy Hull. What's up, Billy? Did I come home soon or what? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, do, do you have like a uh, mail to check or anything like that? I mean, just, <laughs> I'm just wondering if there's other things that are overlapping, like bills to pay. I'm not sure how, how that works for you. Mail, unless it's like uh, free promotions at casinos I've been to on the mainland, <laughs> or like a loan, uh, wanting a loan. No, that's about the only mail I get these days. Uh, doesn't uh, uh, doesn't your significant other? Doesn't the wifey start to miss you, or is uh, is that also a bit presumptuous? <laughs> <laughs> she miss me, miss me. She's having the time of her life, man. Uh, no, I'm coming home Friday, so uh, yes, all the all these fun will stop then. But uh, no, it feels like I've been gone a long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it's all right. It's all good. I know you're coming back. You've been covering uh, Rainbow Wahine Volleyball uh, for a, a good stretch here. And uh, and so, yeah, when you do get back, uh, we will be uh, very stoked to have you back in studio. And obviously, uh, we got to get on to, onto the golf course here at some point in time. But that is a whole other issue because the main issue at hand here today uh, is uh, what has been the reported news that Hawaii quarterback Braden Shager is, in fact, going to enter the transfer portal. It allows for a bit of a postponed victory lap uh, for On3, the uh, sports reporting, recruiting reporting platform, uh, and also reporter Pete Knuckles, who first tweeted this about a week ago, saying that the intention for Braden Shager was to enter the transfer portal. That was actually rebuffed by Timmy Chang himself via the X or Twitter platform uh, because he had a conversation with Braden Shager and, and basically uh, attempted to confirm that Braden Shager was going to stay here in Hawaii. But there are some reports uh, and and, and there uh, is some discussion uh, sort of on the periphery that there have been some talks uh, between Braden Shager and his representation team. Uh, and there have been certain elements within his inner circle uh, that have been encouraging him to test the waters of the transfer portal. And part of that is because of what is being described as through uh, various reports, including a recent report by The Athletic, uh, that starting quarterbacks have a value of around half a million dollars via the NIL name image and likeness deals that are being doled out. You had Nebraska head coach Matt Rule who's saying top tier quarterbacks are going to cost anywhere between one to two million dollars. So there's that kind of value out there for a quarterback who has starting experience potentially and it would I think behoove a lot of quarterbacks and, and other uh, student athletes within the football universe uh, to at least see what kind of value they may be able to find via the transfer portal. So it was uh, contradicted last week. 
uh, but now a week later, uh, it actually comes to fruition, uh, and it comes as a surprise to many, including some within the roster of the University of Hawaii. You had Cam Stone, a cornerback, uh, who went to Twitter and said, oh, we had a leadership meeting just the other day, and Braden Shager was a part of it, and he had kind of an emoji of surprise and, and disappointment. You uh, had Stephen McBride, star receiver for Hawaii, over 1,000 yards receiving this year. He and, and Braden Shager obviously had a really strong chemistry, uh, and he uh, tweeted a post of, of surprise earlier today uh, at the news that was uh, initially reported by Pete Thamel of ESPN. Um, and so there is surprise within the program, it seems, but Timmy Chang has, through the Honolulu Star Advertiser and uh, your colleague Billy Steven Sai, has confirmed that Braden Shager is entering the transfer portal. Uh, 808-296-1420 is the number. We do want to open things up for reaction. You can text into that number via the Zephyr Insurance text line. Even though Billy is joining by phone, we can also take phone calls. So if you want to get in, you can comment as well. But Billy, I'll give you the first uh, stage here uh, to make a comment. What's your reaction to this pretty uh, groundbreaking news? Yeah, um, I think, first of all, um, you know, it's it's just another sign of where we're at in the sport of college football, really kind of being... I mean, destroyed in a way by by greed, by money, by TV contracts. Um, you know, I think for me, I don't know if it's necessarily, even though with everything that happened in the last week, with I think him, you know, the report coming out that he was going to transfer and then Timmy Chang saying he wasn't, you still had to know in the back of your mind that there's time. And look, I don't have any insight to it. I haven't talked to anybody. This is just, you know, um, speculation on my part. But I think you can get a pretty good guess of, there are schools out there that I'm sure put Braden Shager's tape on, found out about him. You know, maybe they weren't paying attention to Hawaii too much. And I've made the case all season. I've made the case that you, Kanoa, you and I have kind of both have been in the same boat where even when UH was struggling this year, I think you and I both agreed that the problem was not the quarterback. And I think you and I have always kind of felt that Braden Shager is a pretty good quarterback. He's had different situations, a lot of roster turnover, um, you know, different kind of uh, schemes and everything. But I think we kind of believe that he can be a really good quarterback. And I'm sure you see some of the throws that he makes in these games and you have these schools out there that are looking for a quarterback and they see that. I think we all kind of speculate a little bit that there's a chance that some school might say, you know what, I like this kid, we could use this kid. And it's not going to take a whole bunch of money. In the world that we're in now in college football, you know, it whispers through different channels. Suddenly he finds out that he can maybe go to a place and make a little bit of money while he can. You know, it'd be almost crazy not to do it. So I don't think it's a situation where fans should be upset with him. I think this is just the reality of the situation that college football is in, that the University of Hawaii is in, and just, you know, stuff like that is going to happen. And when you get really good players in your program, in a non-Power 5 program, in a non-SEC Big Ten uh, conference moving forward. This is the reality of the situation, and so I think it's just something that you're going to have to be prepared for, and, and the good thing for Timmy Chang and the, the UH football team is they've got a pretty good quarterback, I think, coming in, and really, I think every year you're going to have to recruit that position. Yeah. You're going to have to have these backup plans because you just don't know 
as you enter every offseason, what's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, that's the the reality of the situation is, I think, especially at that position, uh, coaches are going to have to work their backsides off in order to bring in strong recruits in multitude year after year because you just don't know what's going to happen as things roll over through the offseason. You mentioned Mike Alejado from Bishop Gorman, uh, who is going to be uh, regarded as one of the best quarterbacks in the country, uh, even though his size isn't prototypical to the position at the big-time college college level, uh, much to the benefit of a program like the University of Hawaii. And Alejado has already taken to social media as well uh, and has kind of continued to carry the banner for University of Hawaii football, which is really remarkable. This is a guy who is absolutely going to be given an opportunity immediately when he first steps foot on campus, which is expected to be as an early enrollee in January. Uh, he is going to be given the opportunity to compete for that QB1 spot. And I think uh, Hawaii is confident that they are getting a good one. Part of the reason that the uh, quote that was given to uh, again your colleague Stephen Sai from head coach Timmy Chang was uh, very brief, very succinct. Um, we will be okay, is what Timmy Chang said. But getting back to the Braden Shager business and sort of this decision, uh, I think you have to look at this a number of ways because first off, there is kind of that idea, that that mentality of like, well, these guys have battled through all of these really difficult tests throughout now. A, a multitude of seasons, right? Wearing the University of Hawaii uniform. And there's this idea of where's the loyalty here? Uh, and I think that that's something that is going to be hard for a lot of us, a lot of fans to understand, especially coming from Hawaii, right? Where we always have to confront this us versus them kind of dynamic. And it, it, it tends to bring those of us on this side closer together and then to be confronted with the reality of the business, the big business of college football, and for someone who uh, we have identified as a fan base as one of us, right, a guy who uh, has endured and then was able to taste a little bit of success down the stretch of this season, which then instilled hope for the future for him to then make a decision that he is going to enter the transfer portal, and it should be noted that doesn't still necessarily guarantee that he is going, although it does seem like a pretty strong likelihood at this point and he has said that he wants to find a situation that makes it a little bit easier for his family to be able to support him and watch him play so it sounds like he's as good as gone but I think that's the the part of this that we have to immediately get over is that loyalty thing because we have to learn in this day and age of sports professional sports college sports man that loyalty thing is going to come at an ultimate premium well, especially now that really, I mean, in a way, college football is like professional football. You know, and I think uh, one one thing, though, I will say is I think Graydon Shager made himself a lot of fans this year because I think if you're a, a, a diehard or you're just a fan of the program and you're watching every game, you saw him out there. He was taking a licking in the middle of the season. He was losing games. They were losing games, but he was playing until the end. He was battling. He was just getting decked left and right, coming back game after game. And then when you saw him towards the end of the season, win a couple of games, you know, kind of, you know, have a little success, you know, all that hard work, all that toughness, and you see it starting paying off. I think you came off that season thinking, man, this kid really, this kid believes in us. He believes in this program because he went through a lot this year. And so I think in that regard, it's kind of tough to hear this news today if you're a fan. But at the same time, you have to understand, look, this, you know, a lot of times we talk about the, the top, top quarterbacks, right, the Caleb Williams of the world, these guys that are going to be first-round picks. They know that they're going to be making a bunch of money in their future. 
there's a lot of guys, there's a lot of quarterbacks out there. I mean, there are a lot of people playing quarterback, and if, you know, you maybe you're not going to have the opportunity to be a first-round pick one day, now's your time to cash in a little bit. You know, now that, that the money is being thrown around at the collegiate level, you've got a chance where, you know, maybe you're not going to be drafted one day, but in college, yeah. if you have a really good season and people really like you and you're going to get an offer, how do you not take it? How yeah. do you not try to make a little bit of money out of this whole endeavor while you can? So it's really, 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 really hard to find any fault um, in Braden Shager in this situation. No, I think that that's a really good point. That sort of um, that I, I think that dials into kind of what we're talking about, right? The, the loyalty perception that goes both ways. There has to now be this understanding that, hey, look, there's a reality here that that needs to be included in the discourse. There is uh, money to be made. There are lives to be, uh, you know, projected into positive directions going forward financially because of what is now available here uh, in the sport of college football uh, and so I think that's going to be a hard thing for some fans just kind of getting over that but you're absolutely right you're hitting the nail on the head uh, I, I think that we have to also understand that a lot of these players and student athletes uh, guys who are proven commodities like a Braden Shager are going to be doing things making moves making decisions that are in their and their family's best interest and as hard as that is a pill to swallow sometimes uh, that is just uh, part of now uh, the new reality of college football for sure 808 296 1420 is the number you can uh, text in uh, at that number via the zephyr insurance text line uh we're gonna take a caller matt is calling in call uh, matt what's up uh what's up Kanal? how's it matt you know what's frustrating is that these bigger colleges are using these smaller colleges like for some like minor league kind of recruitment and you almost hope hope that uh, the smaller colleges don't do good because you know these players ain't going to stay and it's frustrating, you know. It's just, it's it's hard being a fan nowadays. Yeah, I think that's a really yeah. good point. Uh, anything you else? Anything else you wanted to add? Well, can you imagine if this happened in like 2006 for Colt Brandon, and you know, 2007 would never have happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, hey, appreciate the call, Matt. Um, Billy, I think you were, were able to hear uh, what Matt had to say. And uh, yeah, I think that's that's becoming and, and has become sort of another piece of this is that that uh, proverbial farm system that the group of five conference programs have become, in essence, for the power five conferences. Uh, but that's not anything that's necessarily new in the sport. I think it's new maybe for the streams of student athletes that decide to enter the portal but uh, if you look back at history that's also been the case for coaching for decades where coaches uh, would cut their teeth in their early days in their younger days in the profession uh, they would get very oftentimes their first head coaching jobs in these smaller programs at these smaller institutions within the group of five context and then they would parlay that into bigger jobs bigger jobs until they would get you know the ultimate job at uh, say some huge power five institution so uh, that's not anything that is too remarkably new, in, in, in my opinion. It's a little bit different because now we're talking about the student-athletes themselves. Oh, yeah, the totally. Well, first of all, I give Matt, I mean, I thought that was a great call. Um, but I think we're really just kind of starting to kind of get the full vision of all this because it's happening, like, everywhere. I'll give you an example. Um, Dylan Gabriel, right? I mean, here's a kid who just went to Oklahoma had a great season. He's already transferred, and he's probably – I'm sure he had a good time there. I'm sure he enjoyed Oklahoma. But, like, all of a sudden you have to look at what is the market for Dylan Gabriel out there right now. And this is Oklahoma now. This is a, They're going to the SEC next year. This is a big-time school. 
And he's even thinking, well, my price tag right now is probably in you know millions of dollars right now to go to another school. And even though I'm in Oklahoma, I'm going to go into the transfer portal and cash in this money. So, you know, you're looking at it at kind of everywhere. I think obviously the big schools are going to be trying to poach from the small schools, but I think at the same time, small schools are going to be able to poach from the big schools of those maybe second tier receivers or those four star recruits that thought they were going to go in and play right away and they're not playing. I mean, you're seeing monster recruits from Ohio State. Yeah. I think they had like a five star receiver that just entered the portal. Like, I think this is going to go any number of ways. And so, um, but I do agree with the caller that, yeah, there's, I mean, it, it's, it's always kind of been that way, but it's, it's not at the level it's been now. There's so much more when money is involved, and it, it's so much more of a, a thing for kids to grab at because for a lot of them, they're not going to play professional football one day. Like I said earlier, this is the time now to make what you can uh, play in the sport of football, and so I think um, it's going to be a lot harder. You know, we even talked, I mean, you know, I think we mentioned once that uh, Pofeli Ashlock, after he had a couple of good games, were like, whoa, 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 like, you're starting <laughs> to think like, whoa. Tone it down a little bit. We don't want you like getting out there and showing how good you are and getting having some big school coming after you. So it's just a weird way. I think we're all kind of processing and dealing with with the the reality of the business of college football these days. Because when you're having one of your guys having one of your freshmen having a really good game, and your first thought is, "Whoa, maybe tone it down. I don't want to lose you." That's that's when it gets weird. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It's just it becomes very uneasy and uncertain, right? There's not a lot you can rely on. There's not a lot that you can assume. You can't think like, "Oh, we got all these returnees next year. We're in great shape." It's like, no, not necessarily, because things are ever changing. And I think things that are ever changing are always anxiety ridden. And I think that's kind of what we're entering here uh, as college football fans and really college sports in general is is every year and and I can't even imagine having to approach the offseason as a coach as a head coach of any college program uh, entering every offseason just wondering like what's going to happen now who's going to get in the ear of my star player or players and convince them that there might be a better opportunity elsewhere or at least convince them hey look why don't you find out what your value is and enter the transfer portal with which just literally opens the door for there to be someone to come in and and do something in terms of a proposal or a pitch uh, that can uh, woo uh, your star student athlete. So I think just that uneasiness uh, is now going to uh, pervade through the rest uh, of college sports, and I think that that's hard. That's tough from the standpoint of of a fan base uh, to try to get used to. 808-296-1420 is the number. Text in at that number via the Zephyr Insurance text line. Uh, we got Billy Hull, who's joining us by phone from Seattle. We're talking about the breaking news. Braden Shager, quarterback for the University of Hawaii, entering the transfer portal. What that means, how you are processing that, we are open to getting all of uh, your reaction to it. A little later on in the show, we're also going to have to switch gears a little bit and talk some Rainbow Warrior basketball with Justin McCoy, a newcomer transfer from North Carolina who has uh, been certainly uh, looking like he's getting comfortable in a fast way uh, with this Rainbow Warrior team. So we'll do that a little later on in the show. Oh, but, uh, Billy, are you down to stay on for one more segment as we continue to process this whole Shager bomb thing? Of course, man. i got to earn that paycheck. <laughs> oh, you're getting paid? Oh, that's a surprise. I'm going to have to talk to the higher-ups. All right, we'll be back. You're listening to Let's Talk Sports. Win a $1,000 cash grand prize and $100 weekly prizes in ESPN Honolulu's Pigskin Picks, brought to you by M. Dyer Global and Young's Fish Market. Visit ESPN Honolulu right now to register.
All right, welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. Billy Hull is joining me. He, of course, of Honolulu Star Advertiser fame uh, via the phone line from Seattle, Washington, yet to return back to the islands. But we are also opening up the phone lines to take calls on the big story of the day. Braden Shager, University of Hawaii quarterback, uh, has it has been confirmed that he is entering the transfer portal. 808-296-1420 is the number. Uh, you can text into that number via the Zephyr Insurance text line, and we got a whole bunch of texts to try to get to. Uh, we have a text from Chemo asking, is the transfer portal similar to pro-free agency in that a player can possibly return to his original team? Uh, say, for example, local donors offer enough NIL money to entice the person to return, or is Shager gone for good? No, you can enter the transfer portal and you can return back to your original program. That is assuming that that program holds that roster and scholarship spot for you. Um, you can go as far as to even commit to other programs we've seen instances of that where players have committed to another program uh without signing and they've been able to return uh, back to their original team uh, once you sign though uh the intent letter then that is usually considered binding unless uh the coach at the next program uh, decides to uh, nix that or, or uh, render that null and void so it isn't an impossibility for a player who enters the transfer portal uh, to return back to the team well, we have another one. Without good NIL deals, UH football will lose many of their good players, making them a perpetual bottom feeder in the Mountain West Conference. Well, uh, thanks for that very optimistic look there. Uh, appreciate it. That is certainly, though, Billy, as you would agree, uh, one of the primary challenges for Hawaii in this day and age of college football. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It's it's an arms race. College football is an arms race now. It's how much money can you um, get get for NILs? You know, obviously, how much money can you put in your facilities? How much money can you put into to, you know uh, having a stadium? Perhaps, you know, it, it's it's an all out arms race. And right now, that's the biggest challenge that faces the University of Hawaii program is they've got a lot of catching up to do. They've got to try to do everything they can to kind of stay in it. I think. You know, they're trying to do what they can with what they have. I think the whole brotherhood thing and making it us against the world, I think that's a, a theme that I think some kids can get into. But at the end of the day, it's going to come out, it's going to come down to the dollar dollar bills, y'all. And um, <laughs> that's just, that's, that's just the way of the land now. That's the way it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's get to a, a few more texts here. Uh, let's see. We have uh, well wishes for Shager. Uh, the announcement just seemed quite jarring considering the complete 180 from last week. I hope he finds uh, a someplace quick that the transfer portal is uh, that transfer portal is stacked with QBs. Do you think Timmy will pursue another QB perhaps in the portal to add competition to the QB room? Uh, we mentioned earlier, Billy, uh, it behooves him to do so. The more quarterbacks you can bring in, the better. You do want to create some competition, uh, if at all, in the quarterback room, but maybe most importantly, create some depth uh, because of this kind of potential attrition that you may face uh, each and every offseason and we're not even talking about the potential attrition you may face due to injury because you're playing the sport of football I mean it just uh, uh, comes at you on all sides these days yeah no 100% and even though you want to do it with your um, high school recruiting class coming the reality is UH can be a player in the portal now I mean there are going to be quarterbacks at the schools that picked up these other quarterbacks that suddenly see that they're not going to be starting and they're probably going to want to go somewhere they start. I mean, there's a lot of schools out there, obviously, but there's also a ton of quarterbacks that want to be starting at a Division One school. And so I think you have to also kind of look at it that way and that there are going to be some players out there that I think are going to feel like they get a raw deal and it's a chance for Hawaii to kind of get involved. And, hey, so 
our starting quarterback is gone. We've got a wide open race for quarterback. You want a chance to play? Come to big, beautiful Hawaii. So I think you got to see. Um, you're going to see some of that as well. Uh, got another text. Uh, this is an interesting reference here. Uh, if the monkeys, talking about the musical act, the monkeys could become rich at 21, then why shouldn't a hotshot? college football player uh interesting that you would use the monkeys as the prime example there but hey more power to you uh we all love some of their songs um but yeah i mean i think that's that's part of it that's what you were saying earlier billy is is, it's hard to begrudge a decision like this made by brendan shager it will hurt there will be some fans who will be upset by it uh but if the kind of money that is being talked about becomes a reality for Braden shager uh, it is hard to blame him right Uh, the athletic did a recent report that uh Quarterbacks with starting experience can see the upwards of $500,000 in NIL value uh, at other programs or at least at various programs around the country. Uh, you have uh, had coaches who have suggested that it's anywhere between one and two million for the top tier type of quarterbacks uh, as far as money value that's available out there. And so it's hard to blame these guys in many ways. It's kind of like their version or at least the modern version of the decision to turn professional. Right. And unless the University of Hawaii can create a monetary landscape behind some of its NIL support and some of the community and business leaders around this program, uh, if, if some of that can be stepped up and create a little bit more of a fertile ground financially for some of these players, then, yeah, it's going to feel like, all right, well, I'm going to take advantage of the work I've put in and the profile I've created for myself and I'm going to go get paid kind of like the decision in the past that has more traditionally been all right i'm gonna go turn pro and get paid but now you can get paid while still playing college right and it here's how crazy it is and i'll give you an example being up here in seattle the university of washington football team they're in the college football playoff and they're in there with a first round pick a wide receiver who could have gone pro last year a quarterback that could have gone pro last year you know, their best offensive lineman, good chance he was going to go pro last year. They're actually number two wide receiver, three chance, good chance they were going to go pro last year. And what do you know? They all came back. And if you think they all came back just because it was a good old story and the pride of the program, no, they all got paid. They all got paid to come back to college. And for a couple of them, you have to understand, they might be getting paid more by staying in college than turning professional. That's where we are, <laughs> this whole kind of thing. So. That's, I mean, college football, it's, it's, make no mistake about it, it is professional football these days. There's no question about it. All right, so let's kind of turn the, the page a little bit here. we got a couple more minutes uh, with you, Billy. Uh, where, where do we go from here? How can college football, uh, at least even in theory, uh, start to um, enforce some kind of set of rules or standards uh, that can prevent this craziness from from happening year after year? Or is this just how it's going to be? Has the toothpaste already sort of been spat out of the tube, so to speak? Well, I think, yeah, I think there's, I don't think there's any going back now. I mean, there was something, and, and you kind of mentioned it before the show, I think about the NCAA president coming out and, and trying to work on a program where the school's, will get involved themselves in paying the athletes, but I think there was a number thrown in there that it was something like $30,000 per, per athlete, and then it's also kind of a Title IX thing, so you'd have to pay your female athletes. And so I think right now, as usually is the case when things like this happen, I think there's going to be a lot of um, overdoing it. I think right now these kids are going to get paid a whole bunch of money. There's going to be a ton of money out there. And then I think at some point it's going to come, like they'll come to that point where, where you're going to have schools going to have to be like, well, is this all 
is this all worth it? Like, is this, are we getting what we get out of it? I mean, okay, all this money we help to raise or whatever goes to some, and it turns out it's just not very good. And suddenly, you know, we have all these different offers for all these kids that aren't doing well, that are taking up all this money from these people that are donating it, and then the team's not winning because, you know, maybe the kid gets hurt, maybe the kids just aren't good, you don't know all these kind of things, and then they're going to have to pull back on it. So I think right now it's such kind of an unknown time, but I do think there will be a little of, it's just going to be like crazy, crazy, crazy right now. And I think like with anything, there's going to be a good chance that they'll kind of fall somewhat back to a relatively normal-ish level. But the idea that the, 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 the kids are going to get paid, there's going to be NIL and all that stuff, that's never going to change. And, and as a result, that's just going to make things you know, difficult for schools like the University of Hawaii. Uh, all right, one more text. A lot of these big-time programs have the resources to develop young quarterbacks out of high school but choose to poach mid-major players from sub-500 teams. How does that make sense? This is from George uh, from Honolulu. This is interesting because Deion Sanders has talked very specifically about this. Uh, he says he feels bad for high school prospects because, in his case, he would prefer players that have college experience. He would rather just ramp up his roster through the portal than have to go that route of developing young talent he's looking for a much faster uh more efficient way to fill out his roster with talent with experience uh, and so it's interesting every coach will have kind of a different methodology and philosophy about that uh, but you hear in a lot of very high profile examples uh, coaches who say yeah you know we don't necessarily want to spend all that time developing talent in all of these numbers on our roster we want to hit the portal and that's what Dion is intent on doing yeah, well, I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, if you're trying to evaluate a player, isn't it a lot easier evaluating how that player plays against collegiate athletes on the collegiate field than trying to project that same player playing in high school, what he's going to do at the collegiate level? I think your your room for error is shorter. Um, I think you, you have a better chance on hitting on the guys you want, and so I think that kind of makes sense. And that's another, you know, unintended consequence of all this stuff where, you know, there might be a lot less high school top-of-the-line players, you know, getting getting recruited. I mean, obviously the four-stars, the five-stars are going to get recruited, but there might be some, you know, two-star, three-stars that just schools are using the portal. Schools are going that way, and suddenly there's a uh, um, all these high school kids that are pretty good kids that would have been recruited before that suddenly find themselves not able to go to these power schools. Well, then maybe you're the University of Hawaii, and you pick these guys up and you kind of understand, hey, look, we might lose these kids in a year or two, but they're really good players that if we can build some type of thing where we're known as a school that, you know, brings in these freshmen and, and has them for two years and gets a lot out of them and wins with them and then they move on and we just go on to the next recruiting class. If you become a school like that, hey, I guess it could help you in a kind of way. It's a it's a totally different way to think about college football, but the reality is that's kind of what all these coaches are going to have to do right now because this is such an unprecedented time. So, you know, like I said, there's going to be a lot of – a lot of movement, but at the same time, there's going to be a lot of, I think, new and, and unique ways for, for these kind of schools that are not at the top of the, the food chain to be able to kind of still try to be uh, successful and competitive. Hey, good stuff, Billy. Uh, little did you know you'd be joining the show for two segments talking about one thing, and uh, I appreciate yeah, exactly. you doing it, man. I didn't even get to rant about Florida State not making <laughs> know, the playoffs. We'll do it one of these days because I've got opinions, my well, friend. Well, the playoff isn't for a few more weeks, so I think there's still time. There, you can still rant yeah. next week when you're back here in studio. But thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it always. 
All right. Talk to you later, buddy. Uh, apologies to some of the callers trying to get in here. We do have to take a break. I'm going to be talking with Justin McCoy of the Rainbow Warrior basketball team uh, when we come back right here on Let's Talk Sports. Uh, you are listening to uh, Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu, but wanted to remind you uh, that you can upgrade your island style with Kahala, the original Aloha shirt since 1936. Pick one up for yourself at one of Kahala's six stores island-wide or kahala.com. All right, welcome back. Catch NFL football at 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar at Leeward Bowl. They're open at 6 a.m. Sunday, showing all the NFL games. For Monday and Thursday night football, enjoy happy hour poo-poos from 4 to 7 p.m. daily. Uh, they'll have awesome menu specials throughout the week. 850 is the home of the new video wall as well, and it's the place for college and NFL football. All right, we've got a little over a minute and a half here, so uh, I guess I'll uh, push out here from the show uh, with my best and worst. Big mahalo real quick, though, to uh, Billy Hull and uh, Justin McCoy for being part of the show via the phone line here earlier today. Uh, let's start with my worst, and that was the uh, non-timeout call last night. If you were watching the uh, knockout game between the Lakers and the Suns, uh, Suns were down a bucket and seemed to have poked the ball away until the official in the final minute granted the Lakers and LeBron James specifically, who was making the signal, a timeout, even though the ball was on the ground and was not in possession uh, of either team. It was uh, a loose basketball and so timeouts can't be called if the ball is not possessed at the moment uh, and so that was a big miss by the league and obviously the conspiracy theories coming out uh, that just like Alabama into the college football playoff Lakers had to make it into the semifinal round in Vegas of this in-season tournament so uh, yeah that is my worst my best though is Giannis and the Bucks. they advanced to Vegas and he was being interviewed after the game Giannis Attendacupo uh, and reminded that just by virtue of making it to the semifinal finals all their players make at least a hundred thousand dollar bonus uh and his response to that was oh well the rich get richer so Giannis, he he nailed it yes uh for Giannis, a uh, hundred thousand dollars isn't that much and his perspective is uh, pretty remarkable all right want to thank all the texters and callers appreciate it everybody we'll see you tomorrow